Welcome to episode 12 of Matter of Facts. It's the, the big birthday the episode. The big birthday, the one year anniversary of the Matter of Facts podcast. Wow. It time, literally only seems flies. like yesterday I emailed Alec and said, can you come and see me? And then I remember you, we went into the boardroom in our old office I and I said, this. look, I'm going to start a podcast and I don't want to do it alone. And you're the person I want to do it with. Yeah, and we just kind of fell into it and found our way. I remember. I remember when you you originally said, "I, I got to talk to you today. Are you around for a coffee? I have a sort of a business proposal to you." And for some strange reason, I I had a weird feeling this is what it was going to be, because I had thought about doing a podcast myself. I was like, I always wanted to do one. I remember I talked to my with my brother about possibly doing one, and uh, when you came, it was like, yeah, hundred percent. And it's been a ton of fun. We I think we've definitely. Um, accomplished so far what you set out to do and we've given ourselves room to to grow and to even go even higher in the next season which will oh we have plans we have we have some big big plans in the works and and uh make things a bit unique you know you've heard the same segments for the past 12 months those that listen and we've just done it from the studio for the past 12 months so we might shake it up a bit in uh the next season here I think the two teasers for the the next season will be we're going to take the podcast outside. Yeah. And we are going to flush out some of the old and bring in some new stuff. Yeah. But we will leave it there for two leave reasons. Number one, we don't want to give everything away. And secondly, we haven't got a clue what we're going to do yet because we need to get a <laughs> drink and plan it. Yes, that's how we do it best. I remember that was the first meeting we had. Uh, I think we went to Moxie's, had a couple gin and tonics and Moscow mules, whatever it was, and there you go. We planned our first like three episodes right then and there. So that'll be in our future for sure. But uh, here we are, episode 12, back to the matter at hand, the matter of facts. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, name seems, the name seems so natural now. In the beginning, you know, we took... We threw some names around and then we were like, ah, matter of facts, like people are going to think it's about fax machines. We even made the joke, I think, on the first episode, but... We couldn't use the email because somebody already had it. Some fact Couldn't use the, and now anytime, in fact, today on the phone, I called Alec earlier discussing business somethings, <laughs> and I meant to say, you know, that is the facts, but I said it's the matter of facts. It's just, it's just what we it's do. But we've come full season, 12 months, yep. four seasons. It is officially the start of spring. It is beautiful overlooking the harbor today. Yep. I was watching the ferry coming and going when I should have been working from the That's office. That's all good. It's and all every, good. everyone's almost dressing... So, like spring. Yeah. Well, I wore, I got a t-shirt on and a sport coat, and that's all I wore leaving the host. I didn't even put that's a jacket great. on. It's eight degrees. Beautiful walk down um, from the old home office. But uh, I was really excited waking up today because it was beautiful outside, and I knew our amazing view we have at the BNV Media podcast studio would be uh, would be a nice one today. Yeah. We have a few good things in store today, some of our classical segments that we'll hit you with. And we have a wonderful really, guest. Really wonderful guest we'll get to. And uh, we'll round it up with the Reddit Roundup. But for starters, let's begin with what was our first segment that we decided on, I believe. It was, uh, yeah. It was the very first one inspired by events in Halifax, Insane as the Crane. Insane as the Crane. Insane as the Crane. Insane as the Crane. Kind of insane like the Crane. I actually got two insane this time. Insane as the Crane. This is Insane as the Crane number 12. We're coming full circle, though, this time. You know, it was inspired by the Hurricane Dorian mm. crane collapse there on South Park Street. And Alec, what does our first topic on Insane as the Crane? So to come full circle on episode 12, we are talking about a crane, an insane crane on Carlton Street, a construction crane, not one of those massive ones we see popping up downtown in the middle of the night, but a construction crane had dropped 
a house that it was trying to move during construction in the area. How about that, James? Well, firstly, Alec, I think you paid them to do it just to get podcast material to have (laughs) this lineup with Insane as the Crane. So firstly, can you confirm or deny that fact? I can't confirm or deny that I, uh, matter of fact, paid them to drop that house. It's an unfortunate uh, happening. It was a damn old house as well. So 162 years old. It was at 1452 Carton Street. They were picking it up along with another heritage property to, kind of interesting, pick the house up, pour a new foundation, and put it back down. And it was all part of the development agreement for the Promenade Roby South development. Typical, it's going to be two high-rise towers. So they, as part of the development agreement, they had to preserve these two homes. So Mm. pick them up, pour a foundation, put them back down. But they didn't get that far. They just kind of picked it up and dropped it. I know it's 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 very unfortunate, and uh, I have to I gotta jump over. I know it's it's Reddit Roundup, but I we found this topic by looking on Reddit, and I have yes. a I have a little string here because I don't want to take credit for making the jokes, okay? But I thought this was pretty funny. Uh, one guy said it's been recently renovated to an open concept floor plan, and someone said, "Well, the open concept is a good addition, but the walls are an issue. They are kind of perpendicular ish to the roof, but also getting a bit parallel ish with the roof." I understand it is a unique architecture, but I can't justify spending more than nineteen ninety nine a month on it. <laughs> Someone goes three thousand dollars a month, no utilities, bicycle parking only, backyard sort of free recreational puzzle space. I love it. Oh, you can always trust Reddit to tear something apart in exactly uh, the, the the right way. I know we're not Reddit Roundup right now, but I had to bring that up. No, it's good. It all you know. The best of Halifax happens on Reddit. We anyway. have bad luck with cranes. We have bad luck. The best thing I like. I'm not going to say the guy's name. I had it written down on my notes here, but I'll omit it. But the the owner of the crane company involved in the incident said it was an accident. Nobody knows what happened. Well, I do. You dropped a 160 year old house. And you shouldn't have. That's what happened. The the interesting thing here, though, is that the whole development has now been put on hold. So the way the development agreement worked is if they couldn't pull the foundation and put the houses back down in one piece, then the entire development can't go ahead. Mm. So right now, they have to go back to City Hall and propose an alternative. And our favorite friend, Way Mason, spoke to the media about this. He said that um, because... The development agreement included the homes going back in situ. They can't continue. Um, he also said that when they go to city council to discuss it, he's going to be using it as an opportunity to discuss banning the sale of pizza from 11 p.m., banning the sale of sausage rolls from 8 p.m., no. and prohibiting any kind of joy from 5 p.m. on a Friday to 8 a.m. on not, a Monday. Not the sausage rolls. Yeah. I never thought they'd take that from us. You can trust Way Mason to take a list of banning orders to the city. So, I, oh, so no sausage rolls from 8 p.m. There was a lot of fines uh, over the St. Paddy's Day weekend, apparently. 86 tickets given out or something crazy for uh, insane as the crane uh, for I'm not, I'm, I don't know what the word to use is I don't know if it was the, it was university having fun that or having fun people don't agree having with. fun hanging around the pizza corners there's a bunch of tickets given out when is a few dozen naked drunk people running down the street eating started sausages a, sausage rolls started offending everyone <laughs> oh come on come on Anyway, ah, I agree with all the illegal stuff, but it's like in the UK where you I grew up. You agree with it, illegal stuff? No, I sorry, I agree with fining for all oh, this yes, truly yes, illegal yes. stuff. When I grew up in the UK, it was it was heavily illegal to take open alcohol out into the streets all across the UK. But yeah. the police never ticketed folks for it. And I was back home a couple of weeks ago, and it was a it was a rugby match, and I was walking through the capital city of Wales, Cardiff, with an open beer in my hand. 
And my head was like, oh, you know, shit, this is against the law. You can't be doing it. But I realized, no, this is just 80,000 people all being very well behaved, having yeah. a good time. Um, we don't need the law. Nah. Putting their heavy hand on us for that. So, so that's yeah. the crane that was insane. insane We've got something crane. else we're going to be discussing on this one. And it's uh, it's involving the old tickety-tock, which is tickety-tock, kind of man. a global bone of contention. But particularly here yeah. now, Dalhousie have announced that they are banning the use of TikTok on any university-owned or subsidized devices. I'd imagine there's quite a few like laptops, iPads, phones. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, TikTok is generally most viewed on the phone. Um, so this would be phones, I guess, that would be given to most likely professors and staff, other faculty members, um, athletics department, stuff like that. I, but I, I did read that uh, even the Wi-Fi, the internet, they don't want it, uh, TikTok being used on their, on their internet. So that's that's what's going to affect a lot of the students because they're all in the Dow Wi-Fi. Anyone that's in dorms and residence in class, I mean, I watch a lot of TikTok at the end of the day. I'll be honest, like I am, I'm pretty addicted to it. It's it's like a ritual, end of the night kind of thing. No matter how tired you are, no matter how late it is, you got to sit there like a little gremlin, curled up, and watch your TikToks and get through as many as you can till you physically and mentally cannot handle it anymore. TikTok and strain and your eyes just forcibly shut and your phone drops into your lap. And you wake up to that just someone very dancing. Was... I mean, I, so I didn't really understand the whole TikTok thing. So I'm going to I'm gonna educate us, meet myself, you, Alec, and our listeners here with the actual risks of TikTok. I, I admit I had to do some research yes, here. Yes, oh, please do. Um, obviously, the one thing most people do know is that ByteDance, who are Chinese-based, own TikTok. There's some geopolitical problems right now. Now, if we go back to the, the story here with Dal, the email to faculty and staff said and their justification was that they're banning it based on evidence from national canadian information security and privacy organizations and investigations of international partners in the united states um they also said does anybody know what the heck that massive balloon is hovering over the campus (laughs) (laughs) no but seriously seriously the the links get rid of it the links are there with atlantic canada and chinese defense so apparently the U.S.-based data intelligence shows Atlantic Canadian universities are collaborating on sensitive research with China and other states seen as hostile. In fact, universities in Atlantic Canada have professors that work closely with researchers from China's National University of... Sorry, yes, correct, National University of Defense Technology. But this led me to think, what is the issue with TikTok? Do they just not want to see people dancing? So I googled, <laughs> why is TikTok so dangerous? And these are the reasons that they believe TikTok is so dangerous. Number one, TikTok clicks, collects, click and collects. No, TikTok collects huge amounts of user data, such as a user's location, contacts, and message contents. Rumor even has it they can access your iMessages, which of course has security and privacy implications. Number two, littered with security vulnerabilities and is an easy target for hackers including the ability to plant unsolicited content on users' feeds. So what you think you're seeing on TikTok that was posted by other users could be posted by hacker groups. Number three, this is the one they seem incredibly concerned about, is that the platform is popular for the spreading of disinformation. So when you look at it, TikTok potentially is a very dangerous thing. It is, and it caters. It's it's so, I, I dare to call it smart, but... It knows, like, when I'm scrolling through, if I hang on to a video just a little bit longer because I'm interested in seeing what happens, it knows and it recognizes that and it says, okay, he likes this content, let's pump more of this. 
So recently, and this is just a terrifying example, there was one video of, uh, of a plane crash that happened, and it was showing the uh, interior of it. Now, the, pl- the plane was fine. Like, the people were fine. Sorry, the plane was not fine because it sort of crashed along the runway, but it showed the interior video, everyone screaming and whatnot, and I was like, oh, I got to see how this plays out. But because I watched the whole video, TikTok's like, oh, he must, he must like this. He must get off on this kind of stuff. So we're going to pump the shit out of his TikTok. Johnny, come over <laughs> here. Feed, feed, feed this guy some plane crashes. And now every second video I was scrolling was a plane crash, people screaming, this and that. And I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of flying as it is. So I just had to start watching stupid videos to like get that off it. Show me more puppies. Show and me so more puppies. Cats. It was cat cats. videos. Okay. So now my TikTok is just riddled with cat videos. And that's the ones I always like because I got to show Jenna... Um, my fiance, my TikToks every night. I show her my TikToks. Is that because you want to, or is that like a mixture of both? Sometimes she is says, she checking up on you. A mixture of both. Sometimes she says you need to show like, show me your TikToks. It's, she knows I like to save funny ones. Not always funny. Sometimes it's my humor, not her humor. It's when all your all your whole feed is kind of cantal, scantily clad dancers. Oh, exactly. That's why she wants to see your TikTok. Exactly. And I'm not. I mean, she has TikToks too. She loves it and she saves them. I have TikToks. They hers keep my, my like breath fresh, but I, I don't hey. have TikTok. Tic Tac Toe. But hers are more so like you know uh, tutorials and how to cook this and three easy steps and all that. And I'm not. That's not my thing. And a cat playing a keyboard. But uh, exactly, I love those. But just circling back to what you were saying there, it can spread misinformation. That it, can it be can. a problem, and it can confuse people. And it can it can Have make you seen that uh, it can make wild assumptions as well. Yes, you know. Uh, do we name this podcast or not? Let's have a We're going to ask our team here at BNV Media not to edit this bit out. Um, but, but, you know, good to hear Alec and I having a debate. Good to hear us having a mass debate. Yeah. Um, would, do you think we should name the podcast or not? I vote no. We don't need to name them. Okay. There is a local podcast here in Halifax. It's not affiliated with the company that we produce our podcast with. And at least we don't think we'll have a discussion with them afterwards. But they put out a TikTok recently about the, we touched on it in the last podcast, but we'll expand here, the closure of Stakenstein. Yeah. We have immense issues with this and with this podcast ability to fact check. I've got some more facts, uh, which I think should have been used in the first place. But tell us the story, Alec. Well, a little bit of a summary here. So Stakenstein unfortunately closed over in Dartmouth and they made this podcast duo made a TikTok about it. They made a podcast and they made a TikTok about talking about it. And their reasoning behind it with their theory or their, I don't know if the uneducated non-research guess was that the landlord jacked their rent up from $40,000 to $60,000 a month. Mind you, that's on 8,100 square feet. If you do the quick math, you're looking at about $89 per square foot, which is ridiculous for where that is that's that, new that, york city rates that's to, in that particular area it. like that that's like spring garden road on steroids when you're getting into 90 dollars a square foot it's you can see it it's possible retail in some of the most dense and popular retail areas but where that is you would not that, that, that rate is just ludicrous number two is they failed to see who owned the building right and there was a lot of assumptions on who owned it they said landlord jacked the rent that's why they left. But if they would have did their research, what would they have found out? Well, the research here is pretty easy. So if you go to the land registry, and, and if you can't access the land registry, you can you can get this very, very easily through any realtor or lawyer that, that you know, a lot of accountants as well. You can put the address in for Stakenstein in Dartmouth, and you can see that the owners of that lot of the land 
is 236-1969 Nova Scotia Limited. Uh, if you then yeah. head over to the Registry of Joint Stocks and put that in, you will see that the the only listed officer of that corporation is a Mr. Jack Smith. Who's Mr. He? Jack Smith is also the owner of Stakenstein. Wow. So this podcast that that started, frankly, shitting all over the commercial real estate industry and talking pretty much about how it's, there's no rules and anything can happen and it's a bit of a wild west, um, titled this post, Yet Another Victim of, of the Crazy local real estate market. Um, And they claimed that Stakenstein closed because the landlord, as Alex said, jacked the rent Mm. from um, 20 to 40K a month. 40 to 60. 40 to 60. 60. We've actually traced this back to to Reddit. There was uh, Princess Squid (laughs) on Reddit... Put a post saying this was so that she has different numbers here, but she said they didn't own the building. The reason for Dartmouth Stakenstein closer, not very good English, is the landlord raised the rent from 20 to 40k a month. They intended to stay open but could not afford the rental increase. So it seems to me like the podcast took the fact from there. Now, I'm not saying that Alec and I are perfect, Mm. but when you try to get a viral TikTok video about a piece of local news and the facts are clearly false, in my opinion, you have to do better. So look, we're not starting to trying to start a war. We're a local podcast. We support all local podcasts. We just kind of felt they fell short. And as two experts in the industry, we needed to set the record straight. Yeah, and I think a big thing for me was the kind of the knock that it overall took on commercial real estate. So I kind of felt that effect because it's it's you and I, it's our livelihood. It's how we make a living and, and live and eat and everything. That's what we do. So to read the comment section and to hear different things being said about commercial real estate, for example, there was one comment that said, that seems crazy. How, how could a landlord jack the rent up that much? To which the podcast itself responds, well, then you don't know commercial real estate. There are no rules in commercial real estate. It's a wild west. Believe me, guys, you don't know it either. You, but yeah, yeah, it is not. I mean, come on. So anyways, just little things like that. We're just like, you know, we had to set the record straight. Uh, you know, I had, I saw some comments saying, yeah, but steel owns the, owns the land, but the restaurant owns the building, just different things that didn't make sense. Just not true. Um, and again, they're trying to sell up for 6.5 million. I'm giving them some free advertising here, but it, you know, maybe we'll have a client who knows, but, uh, yeah, we just want to set the record straight on that and beware of misinformation, especially it's about uh, different professions you may not know much about. If you want to know more about commercial estate and hear the ins and outs and that it's not that, that it's not as crazy as some make it out to be, and it's not uh, the Wild West, and it's not rule-free, well, you know who to contact. Alec and I literally, and I know I have, and I think I can speak on his behalf too, have stayed awake at night with ethical dilemmas about our industry. And we are always trying to operate in an ethical way, in line with our regulations mm. that upholds professional standards uh, and basic decency. So uh, our industry is is far from the Wild West. And, and, and to not absolve us of maybe having some overblown facts, we welcome debate, discussion, and fact-checking of our own podcast. Please. Um, and yeah, you know, we're in this too to uh, give you guys some some correct information. So that's all we're going to say. Yeah. I'll, I'll finish off by saying if you, uh, you do have a Dalhousie University owned or subsidized device you better get that tiktok off your phone quick or you're gonna lose your job yeah or just delete it and or keep it on delete it when you go to work and enjoy the dancing and cat videos in the evening yeah there you go well that was insane as the crane couple topics all right and up next we will have a very special guest and he will be in here very shortly and james will introduce him so we always like to say on matter of facts we have a special guest we have a special guest every episode today we have a very, very special, special VIP guest. Somebody yep. 
that we have been trying to get on since the start. And when we initially came up with the idea for the podcast, we said for season one, this will be the pinnacle, the culmination of everything we've tried to do. And would you believe it? This gentleman has given us 20 minutes of his time, which we intend to use every second of, don't we, Alec? Yeah, we're, we're very grateful for it. Uh, like James said, this is something we've been building up to for some time now, sort of a goal of ours from the very beginning with the Matter of Facts podcast was to get this individual on to talk. And we couldn't be more happy to bring him on and uh, have a little conversation and to share with you all. Um, he will be coming in very shortly. Yes. And if we haven't teased you enough already, let's go to the interview. Joining us on air from the office of the Premier, we have the man himself, the Honourable Premier Tim Houston. Premier Houston, it's an honour to have you on. Thank you for joining us. Oh, the honour's mine. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Let's, uh, let's get right into it. I just, uh, we'll start off with this. What, what sort of led you into this, this line of work, this career? Did you ever envision that it would lead to this, to being the Premier of Nova Scotia? No, it's actually not something that I that I aspire to. Actually, I, I never, you know, I'm kind of like most people in the sense that I never paid much attention to politics. I didn't grow up in a, a political household. Uh, we didn't talk about politics at home. So it was really, it wasn't really something that I was really focused on, certainly. So I went to St. Mary's, became a chartered accountant. You know, once I, once I, be, 1995, got my chartered accountancy designation. Same year we got married. Carol and I got married in 1995 and we went to Bermuda. So we were in Bermuda for 12 years. You know, we had good good careers there. Our kids were born, but we decided we wanted to, to raise our kids in Nova Scotia. So so then we moved back to Nova Scotia. At that right. time, you know, my daughter was in grade three. My son was in grade one. So that was really the first time in my life that I really started to kind of pay attention to politics and started to say, like, who's making these decisions as they would kind of have an impact on, on our lives? But uh, and I kind of... I really say, I mean, when I look back on my own experience, I think it's kind of, it's, there's really only two ways people get involved in politics. Uh, one, they get asked. Somebody says, hey, you should put your name forward. You should, you should get involved, right? So they get asked. Or two, they get upset or they get angry at some government policy or something that happens. And, and nobody asked me to get involved in politics. <laughs> when we came back, you know, and we had kids in the school system, we were just seeing things in the community that I, that I really started to say, man, who, who's, 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 who's running this? Yeah. How, how are these decisions being made? So that's how I got, in, that's how I got involved in politics. I mean, as I was married at that time and had, had yep. kids, and it was the first time in my life that I had really started to, to pay attention. And, and uh, when I looked at um, kind of the, 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 started to get an understanding of government and the party system and, and how it all works, I started to look at uh, the people who were making the decisions. And when I really started to peel that back, I wasn't that impressed. So I was doing a lot of chatting around the around the hockey rinks and stuff, and yep. and kind of kind of here we are. So ten years I've been elected now, and uh, I'm excited about the future because I'm excited about this province. But but it certainly being premier was not something that I, I wasn't some young guy saying. I hope I'm premier someday. Like it yeah. really wasn't on my radar at all. But yeah. I'm glad it got there eventually. Yeah. Well, clearly you've you've risen to to the top of your game. So you said you weren't a, a young guy looking to be premier, but let, let's go way back. What was your first job? Mine was uh, I was a Pizza Hut server, mm. and I was probably the worst <laughs> server in in the UK at the time. Uh, so premier Houston, what what was your first job? Like lemonade stand? What are we talking here? 
Yeah. So look, I, I, I see myself as a worker. I've always kind of been, been involved. So I would definitely be, you know, paper route, uh, flyer delivery, but ultimately, you know, ultimately I think kind of the first, the first real kind of structured jobs are structured to those, of course. But I mean, uh, I think when I was about 14, I, I worked as a, as a laborer for my neighbor who was a bricklayer. So, uh, he had a son that was the same age. So him and I would, you know, we, we'd pile in the car at five 30 in the morning or whatever, and go to the job sites. And we were the guys who carried the bricks up or, or mixed up the mortar or did that. So that was really kind of the first, the first job that I had that you got to get a paycheck and you, you got to kind of a taste for things. But after that, uh, I did that for a couple of years. Uh, then I worked at McDonald's. I spent, you know, a couple of years at McDonald's, which I, I think is a great, that's a, you, you can learn a lot working yep. at, at McDonald's and those types of situations just with the structure of the training and stuff. But those were, I think, you know, I was, um, I, I tended to be a worker. I was I was interested in working. I was interested in learning about different things, and and uh, I had some opportunities, and I and I took them. But um, so I've been working for a little while now. Yeah. I mean, I always say, don't let the gray hair fool you, but <laughs> you're not fooled. I've been working for a long time. Right, right on. Um, so you live in Pictou County, and uh, I'd be remiss not to ask this. I have a lot of friends from Pictou County, um, and my friend Nathan Snell would he would definitely want me to ask this question. <laughs> I got to settle this now because I don't think I can sit in suspense much longer. Best pizza joint in Pictou County, what do you think? Well, first off, I'm going to say I'm, I'm really impressed that you're friends with Nathan, Nathan Snell, the, the great yeah. family. So awesome. you just went up in my books. Uh, there we right go. Away. Thank you, Nate. Real, really good guy. So I would say, look, Picto County pizza is unique. I'm a big fan of Picto County pizza. And I do have two favorites. And it kind of depends. So so if I'm close to my office in, in Westville, it's Acropole Westville, Ooh, which I'm sure would be Nathan's, yep. Nathan's pick too. It's a great pizza. It really is. If I'm, if I'm at home... It would be Sam's Trenton, and and so you have Sam's, you have you have Acropole, you have Picto County Pizza, you have a couple other ones too. But for me, uh, I wouldn't. Uh, if I'm close to Sam's Trenton, it's Sam's Trenton. If I'm close to Westville Acropole, it's Westville yeah. Acropole. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't cross town for one or the other. I'd just go with what's close. But it's it's a. It's a thing of beauty for sure, no matter where you get it. <laughs> yeah, they're all really good there. I clearly haven't lived. I <laughs> know, you got to get down to Picto County. I do, I do. Well, jump in the car this Friday. How does that Let's sound? Let's do it. Yeah. I'm in. So, well, when... so they have they have a Picto County pizza, I think, in Sackville. They sell Picto County pizza. There's, there's, a, the there's a place there that sells it. I haven't tried it in the oh, city. Yeah. Uh, but you can buy the sauce too. So I don't, I don't know. I haven't done that, but I, I go wait for the real deal. I'd suggest yeah. that simple drive up to Picto County. And try it and, and stay with Nathan and get him to show you around. Yeah, it's perfect. He'd love that. I'm learning so much here. <laughs> and let, let, let's keep learning. Uh, obviously, you, you're, you work extremely hard, and I'm sure the job is, is extremely intense, beyond what most people can imagine. But when there is a break in the action, uh, you and your family, what, what do you like to do? What do you enjoy in this province? And uh, how, do, how do you spend that time? Yeah, so it, look, uh, if it, I like being at home. Like, so if I need to just de decompress and just kind of get away from things to really think about things and really process things, you'd probably find me close to home on the property. I'm not, I'm not a landscaper, but I think that's the closest way I would describe it to kind of my, to open up my mind, something with a shovel and a rake and, and, and digging something up, you know, yeah. that's, that's kind of, that's kind of my, my, my special place would be kind of close, close to my home here in, in Pictou County. 
but look, I'm a, I'm a sports guy. You know, my my son played a lot of hockey growing up, so I, I, I tried to not miss many of his games or, or practices for that matter over the years. He just finished up his junior B uh, career. I was at his last game. I was at his first game, and uh, I didn't I didn't miss too many in between. So yep. around the ranks, you'd, you'd find me you'd find me around the ranks. My, my daughter um, did, did a lot of equestrian stuff, so I try, you try to participate in my kids' life and in, in, in my family's life. I mean, that's really why I moved back to, to, uh, to Nova Scotia from, from Bermuda. It's just to be, to be, to be close as a family. So, uh, but look, it's, uh, this is a, a great province. What a privilege to be premier. Um, I said, after the last uh, general election, I said, if you ever get a chance to go on a tour bus, uh, with your picture and name on the side and travel the province, <laughs> do it yeah. it's a remarkable thing it's a beautiful province there's there's so many uh kind of sacred places in this province but for me it's really hard to beat just being at home yeah so speaking of you know people from outside of our province who aren't from here and, and might consider traveling here and, and touring here when you travel outside of the province yourself whether it be within canada or in the united states or or abroad and someone says what's it like in nova scotia what's it like living there and what is there to do what do you tell them? What's what's your elevator pitch for Nova Scotia? Just try to paint the picture. So for me, like Halifax is a is a vibrant city. There's so much going on in Halifax. Great restaurants. You know, the the, the nightlife is is remarkable. Lots is lots is happening in Halifax. But from Halifax, you know, a two hour drive, you can be in the valley. Um, some of the best, you know, the, the emerging wine region there. Uh, the beautiful scenic place. Go two hours another way. You can be in on in Cape Breton or, or literally on one of the top ranked golf courses in the world. So nothing's far. Everything's you know, within a couple hours, and all of it is surrounded by thirteen thousand kilometers of coastline. Amazing rocky cliffs, beaches, hiking trails. Uh, there's you can you can find it, and just the, the kindness the kindness of the of the people is what really you know sells it all. So you get beautiful beautiful landscapes, beautiful picturesque areas, and um, and a kind just kind people that just want you to want you to enjoy what's there. So we really we really have it all. I've been blessed in my life, you know, living here living here living living in Bermuda coastal things. I'm always close to the ocean. So between the places I live, when I'm close to the ocean, that that's that's the best part of it. And I think I think people. That's what attracts people to, to Nova Scotia. And that's why we see our population growing and people who have been here on vacation ultimately moving here and making their life here. It's a great, it's a great place. It's a, I like that. The, the people attract <clears throat> the people, right? I mean, spreading the word about how great it is to live in Nova <clears throat> Scotia inherently is what br- what's bringing more people here, which is just good for everything. Good for business, good for the economy, and, and good for our people. So. I yeah, totally it really is, and and when and I meet a lot of people who who just recently moved here, and I ask them why, and they say we came on vacation. We came on vacation. We said we want to move here at some yep. point, and now is the some point. So uh, it, it's 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 uh, we have a lot to offer, and we have uh, you know the, just the quality of life. It, it resonates with people. But yep. what a beautiful province! Incredible. I think, as we said on on our last episode as well, we all know people who have saved their entire lives to come to the place that we get to be in every day, and the, to me, that that's extremely extremely special. So, taking that a step further, what what is our biggest untapped opportunity in the province? Do you think? Oh, I think on the on the energy side of things, like the the Bay of Fundy and tidal tidal in general, like it's incredible opportunities for this province to to grow our economy. So, if you think of the Bay the Bay of Fundy, if you took if you took the strength of every river in the world and added them together, you may come close to the strength of the Bay of Fundy. Maybe wow. 
and it's completely untapped. So if you you think about it, and as technology changes and opportunities change, if we could tap into that um, to that energy, uh, imagine what it would do to the economy of this province. And that's why you see you know the interest in in green hydrogen, producing green hydrogen here. We can be it. We can be a uh, a worldwide leader in the production of green hydrogen. So, so in the energy file, incredible opportunity and good things are happening in that space. We're moving forward um, down in the Richmond areas, Guysboro areas. There's lots of lots of interest in in green hydrogen. But, but I think the tidal thing in general with the, with the Bay of Fundy, um, coupled with our our incredible wind speeds, uh, some of the off, offshore wind speeds that we have here are world class. So, so the biggest opportunity for this province uh, in terms of economic growth will come from the energy files. Will come from the production of green energy, um, and, and we can be a leader in that. And we can do it in the next five, ten years for sure. So, I'm really excited about what that can do to uh, to to changing the economy of the province in a very Super positive, positive way. Yeah, yeah. there's yeah. there's so much opportunity for Nova Scotia. I'm just. It's, uh, that's one of our main goals of this podcast is to shed a light on, on Halifax, but Nova Scotia in general, and just how great of a place it is to live in. Um, so kind of going back, I know we talked about what led you to where you are now. Uh, I'm sure there are many paths to get to where you are, which, which to some may seem overwhelming or it may ultimately cause them to, to hold off. I think it's too difficult. There's too many loops to go through. What's one piece of advice you would give to someone who is looking to enter that line of work that's thinking about making that jump into what you your realm? You, you th- are you thinking uh, specifically in, in, in politics? Um, yes. Here's the thing that I say. So I was leader of the opposition for, for three years. I've been premier for, um, I guess, 18 months now. So, But as leader of a party, you're, you're, you're always engaging with people, talking with people, talking about the province, learning about the opportunities, the, the challenges. But the other part of it is, is recruiting candidates. Um, recruiting candidates to run in, in elections, and and what I what I what I know from myself and from talking to so many potential candidates is is the decision to put one's name on a ballot is such a such a personal decision. Uh, the timing is critical. The timing has to be right in a person's life. Um, and and we know that you know politics with social media is not always kind in social media, and people are always are always conscious of the fact that well somebody's gonna gonna say something, going to dig something up, gonna try to gonna try to slander me in some way, shape, or form, and right. and, and and that is a reality. I mean that is kind of that's kind of the world we live in, in right now. But I say, look, you know, we need we need good people in politics. We need people that care about their communities. We need people that care about their province. And if you're a person that cares about your community and cares about your province and wants to, wants to help move things forward, then you just go forward and you and you just do it. But it's pretty, you know, it's uh, you have to like people to be involved in politics. And yeah. you, you pull up at the at the at the local legion for their for their dinner or whatever the case is and you see a parking lot full of cars and you got you gotta you gotta want to go in there and talk to all those people and hear from them and, and that's that's a really important thing. If you're if you're shy or you're not really that interested, um, then it's it's probably not the thing for you. But but between politics and you know I had a business career, but you know whatever whatever career it is, it's it, that old thing is you have to enjoy it. If you, if you don't enjoy it then then it's only gonna be work. And in the world of politics 
people can tell um, when you're when you're not focused on them and you are focused on something else because that means you're not interested in them, right? So, so I mean, anyone who's who's I, I encourage people to get involved in politics. Get get you don't have to do it like I did, kind of go from nothing right to right to elected member yeah. and then ultimately to premier. But I mean, you get get involved in a campaign, get get involved with with your local representative, spend some time with them just to see what they do in the run of the day. But I, I will tell you. Um, it's um, it's true in life that you get out what you put in. Yep. And mm-hmm. I put a lot in um, to being an elected uh, representative. I put a lot into being premier, but I get a lot out, yep. you know, because when I see when I see good things happening, I get a lot of enjoyment from that and I want good things. So I put a lot in and I get a lot out. Definitely. And I like what you said about, you know, if you if you see change need to be made and something and you just jump in and go for it. I, James, I don't know if you know this, but I actually have a bit of a connection to uh, Premier Houston's party. Uh, my uncle, Tim Cranston, ran for the Halifax Atlantic uh, uh, area. And it was because he never thought he was going to get into that, but it was because he saw things that need to be changed and stuff he wanted to democracy in action. And he just said, I'm going to go for it. Yeah. He texted me one day, he said, I'm going for this. And I was like, I'm in, I'm, I'm all in. It's for the you. beauty of where we live. Anybody can do that. Yep, 100%. Any anybody can do it. Yeah. Yeah. I love I love I love Timmy. Yeah. So maybe the same. Flipping back to your own time in office, you said about eighteen months right now and then and down the road future. How do you want to be remembered? What what do you want your legacy as the premier of Nova Scotia to look like? Yeah, so it's um it's it's a good question because I remember I remember when I was running to be the leader of the PC party it was um five-way contested nomination and uh, campaigns have lots of highs and lows. There's just lots of highs and lows in a campaign. There's, there's any way you look at it. And uh I was driving to Halifax one day and I was talking to a friend of mine and he said, "Look, um I have no doubt uh, that you will win the leadership and you'll be leader of the PC party." And for me that was a I had a lot of doubt at that particular time. Right. And he said, and I have no doubt you'll be premier. Uh, he said, I, re- I really I really, believe that you'll be premier. And to me, that was, again, just, it just seems so far away. But he said, but the question that I have for you is, um, in 20 years, is anyone going to care? Um, so in other words, what are you going to do when you get there? You know, what are you going to do? So, so it actually caused me to think a lot about, you know, the potential of the province and, and what is it, what is it that, that I feel that I can bring to the table that leaves a lasting impact that that matters in the in the grand scheme of things, right? So, so for me, it's um, uh, you know we have a goal of doubling the population of the province. So people drive economies. We 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 want more people in this province, and and really we want we want to right size the demographics. So we tend to be an older population. So if we can get more people, more younger people, then we can right size the demographics of of the province, and that will be good. A good thing for generations. So, so right sizing the demographics is, is something that I'm really focused on, and and, and I want to achieve. And fixing healthcare, making yep. sure that people can access healthcare, really fixing healthcare, and setting up the healthcare system, modernizing it, using innovation, whatever different ways to access care, but making sure people can access care, um, so that you know when we look back, we'll say, yeah, that's that's a Houston government. They fixed healthcare. Yeah. And yeah, that that Houston government, they 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 got our demographics right sized, and they and they set this province up uh, for the future. So those are those. I spend a lot of energy in, on those issues. I spend a lot of time, and then of course there's a lot of issues that that, that are interrelated in that that are tied into that. So yeah. so, but but really, I think I, I think that's what's possible uh, for this province, and and uh, I'll, I'll I'll put everything I have 
into achieving those two things, because if we can achieve those two things as provinces, we'll be on a very, very good path for a very long time. Yep. Those are clear, clear challenges. I think they're great. Yes. This has been such a great interview. We're going to ask you one final question to round off. You know, we always have to have a bit of fun at the end here. And you can take as much time as you need with this one. Because to be honest, if somebody asked me this, I wouldn't know what to answer. I have a couple. Of, yeah, uh, you have some answers? Myself, yeah. to- Tom Cruise? Yeah, I, heard uh, yeah, that before, I, yeah. I reckon. So if there was a movie made about Nova Scotia and <laughs> you were one of the primary characters, who would you want to play you? Who would you cast? And we're not even going to ask you why. Just uh, who, who would you cast? Oh man! Well, listen. If there was a if there was a movie if there was a movie t- to be made about the province that I could that I could be um, cast in, and by the way, I should tell you I do have an IMDb account uh, because I had a, a cameo appearance on the Curse of Oak Island. Ooh, okay. So, this guy has so an IMDb I, too. I'm the only one who doesn't. <laughs> okay. So uh, at one point, I was I think maybe six million two hundred and thirty five thousand ranked on the IMDb. So. So I don't know that I ever will be cast in something, but uh, but if but the but we've got the groundwork laid. But uh, but I, I'm actually really um, really interested in, in the and just fascinated by the story of the Halifax explosion. I mean that's a, that's an incredible story. Uh, the, the the fact uh, the help that came uh, from Boston. You know the, the explosion happened in the morning, and by that evening in 1917, there was no cell phones. You weren't texting somebody for help, right? But somehow during the course of a day. Uh, the good folks in Boston found out that something bad had happened in Halifax and they couldn't reach anyone there. So they didn't know the extent of it, but they got to work and they loaded a train with uh, provisions, medical supplies and food, medical, per- and they, and they sent it to Halifax to help out. And of course we send a tree, a Christmas tree every year is erected on the Boston common yep. as a, as a thank you uh, for, for the kindness there. So I think there'd be, there's a great movie being made about the Halifax explosion it might be some kind of uh, romantic, uh, romantic movie where you know somebody comes up from boston to help out and and falls out falls in love with a a beautiful nova scotian girl and some and somehow i'm some bit bit player um in that whole thing i think that would be a really good a really good production and i'd love i'd love to have my cameo on there and get my imdb account down to maybe the four millions or something get that ranking up that's a great idea we've all got to go off air here and discuss how royalties are split if it's a two-way or a three-way we'll we'll, we'll figure it out there we go um Premier Houston, look, this has been great for us, and we have thoroughly enjoyed having you on the program. Every episode, this is the first season of our podcast. We're coming to the end of the first season. Every single episode, we've said, when can we get the Premier on? When can we get that? We've heard back from the office. So this has been the pinnacle of everything we've tried to achieve, and uh, we are extremely grateful for your time, and we know our listeners are as well, and just so thrilled that you could join us today. Thank you. Happy to do it. Um, Aim a little higher. Keep aiming higher. Yes, definitely. (laughs) But uh, thank and, you. Uh, happy to come back at some point and talk about some other topic. I really enjoyed it. Thank we'll take you, you up on that. Thank, thank you, you for everything, and uh, you know, thank you for your service to the, the our province as well, and being an advocate and ambassador for everything that's great about Nova Scotia. We're so, in good hands. Thank you. Thanks so much, guys. Enjoy the day. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. See you later. All right. Well, that was well worth the wait. Very, that was worth that, every second of the yeah, wait. Yeah, that was worth the wait. We're very thankful that. Uh, Premier Houston was able to come on and talk to us for those uh, for that little bit there, and um, I'm hoping you all enjoyed that as much as we did, and we're we're very grateful. Well, we can't go any higher than that. There's nothing else to do. I think we'll announce the end of the podcast now. We are done, right, Alec? <laughs> no, there is more to come. Season two is on the way, and we're gonna try and go bigger and better than ever with some new new segments, new ideas, uh, new stuff for you guys, and uh, looking forward to it but we will remember this fondly. And we still have more coming up on this episode. Let's continue here.
Well, what's next is our Reddit Roundup. Reddit Roundup. Haligonians losing their minds over minor inconveniences. All right, so today for the Reddit Roundup, we have two topics. And uh, I find that lately... Uh, in our Reddit Roundup topics. When we first started, we were trying to figure things out. We were picking these random topics, but now we've kind of picked ones that are almost like general Halifax people topics, voice of the people and opinion, not just on one specific thing, uh, which I've I've found uh, generates the most controversy, honestly. So there was one, um, this one's called, the thread name is Stop Yelling At Me. (laughs) Stop Yelling At Me. It generated 369 hits, um, I don't know how many comments, probably, oh, 80 something comments and uh, generate a lot of buzz from the service industry and uh, people that have uh, worked in the service industry and deal with that every day. Yeah. Do you want me to read the comment out? You have a comment? Oh, the main the comment. The actual main Did, comment. What's the main? Oh, I'll read it out. I'll read it out. You got Stop it? Stop yelling at me. Stop yelling at me. From Obvious Coffee 9669. Obvious Coffee. Oh, nice. Why do people feel it's their right to yell at an employee and in return not be spoken to in the same manner? If you are offended by me yelling back at you, then speak to me in the manner in which you would like to be spoken to in return. I will do my best to keep the language clean and professional, but there is nothing wrong with me raising my tone to match yours. Tired of the, in quotations, customer is always right mindset. Everyone is human. Start treating them that way. Could not agree Damn. more. Yeah, I bottom line totally for agree. me, there is no excuse for not being a basically polite and good human being. Whether you are frustrated at the person in service or customer service, restaurant service, whatever, airline yeah. staff, whether they have actually screwed up, because we all screw all up. All make mistakes. There is just no like the podcast excuse. we were talking about earlier. We all make mistakes. Reddit typically supports the way Alec and I think. Yeah. Yep. Uh, somebody, YV, or oh. an odd, an odd uh, username, yeah. said reasonable rules for operating in a human society are simple. Number one, don't be a dick. Number two, fair. Wash your hands. F- fair. Number three, unofficial is wash your hands after, after you touch the touch, first one. Yes. Um, but <laughs> I think those are great rules to live by. I think so too. I think the word service, I mean, they're inherently they're doing you a service. No matter what that is, they're being paid, not by you, because you they're being paid by their employer. You're there probably paying into their employer, their company. But in the end, they're there to assist you and to make your experience better. Like if it was a, someone with Air Canada or WestJet or McDonald's or Cineplex, that's where I worked, or anywhere, right? They're there to enhance your experience, all right? They're doing that because they need to make, whether they need to save up for school, pay off their bills, uh, pay down loans. I, the funniest thing is when, you know, you see the video and, and the, the workers just kind of stand there like, you know, it's, I don't get paid enough, right? I'm not going to chase you down like this and that. I, I saw a video. Um, I don't know if it was staged or not, but it was pretty hilarious. I hope it was real. Um, a woman ordered a drink at Starbucks and uh, gave her, she gave her the barista, Starbucks barista, 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 gave her the drink. And the lady goes, oh, it was in like a you know, plastic cup that you'd take a Starbucks cup. And they go, oh, you don't have a mug for this? Like a, like a ceramic, like an actual mug. Oh, sorry your day's so shitty because you couldn't get a mug. I know. And the girl goes, oh, no, we don't sell mugs. We only give out in these cups. And the girl goes, oh, I don't want it then. And the Starbucks worker took the drink and just immediately started drinking it. And I thought that was hilarious. Fire I, I love that. She just started slurping it back. It's like a good drink. 
But it's just, uh, she took the approach of living stand 5187 was one account that I found. When I worked those types of jobs, I quite liked the confrontation. I found it thrilling, and the ones confronting almost always had an intelligence of a cucumber. So I would be harshly sarcastic back. But I like your way too. Dish it back. Some of those angry effers are seriously just awful people. Um, I kind of agree with that. The, the, the part where it's almost like entertainment just to watch them kind of freak out if you're the worker. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Like, th- this is what I've always done. I do this with, with my coworkers, with my clients, with family. I watch people when we're having dinner in restaurants because in my opinion, how you treat service staff is a, is a microcosm of who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. right? How you treat somebody who is trying to help you. And ultimately, don't, you know, don't piss the service staff off because they, ha- they can control how your experience goes. But don't use that as a reason to be nice. Just be a nice person. And if you and I have had experiences, and I've had experiences with people, I won't name them, that Alec will know, where they've treated service staff really poor. And, and these are all people who are just not nice in their general persona. So, yep. so the one place when I used to work at Pizza Hut when I was studying at university, I would see this a lot on his first date, right? Mm-hmm. One thing that people employ in restaurants when they're trying to impress a girl, and it never worked, was to be the big guy. They would, de- they would employ the, uh, the model of be rude and cocky to the waiter. And I was on the receiving end of that a lot of times. Right. When the guy would try to be rude, he'd be cocky with me, try to be smart. I had more than one occasion where the girl came back into the restaurant afterwards and said, I apologize. I met that dude for the first time and I'm not going to be meeting him again. Like, I'm so sorry for the way he mm-hmm. acted. It to me is just a, a microcosm, like I say, of how you are as a person and how yeah. decently you are at a very, very basic level. But there's some ways when you work in restaurants that you can get back at people. But don't be nice to people just because you're scared of revenge. Be nice to people because you're a decent human being and you know that all they're trying to do is help you and do their job. And people say, well, I understand that you didn't create the, like the gate agents say when there's a flight delay. They say, look, I understand you didn't create this issue, but you are a representative of the company. They may be a representative of the company but they don't need to put up with your shit Uh, and and let's look at a comment here from rv4 claims to be the mayor of windmill road on reddit uh says the customer is always right expression doesn't mean the customer can treat employees like shit if a manager tells you then that then they are an mm -mm -mm -mm. the expression is meant for if customer service Sorry, if a customer comes in and wants their eggs a certain way, we'll be happy to oblige. If someone would like their package to be delivered in a certain way, or if they need special assistance while shopping, it will be provided. I don't know why it gets skewed for people to mean that a customer can do no wrong. If I'm a manager and a customer freaks out an employee over the price of something or a company return policy, I am backing my employee 100% of the time. I could not agree. And Mm. Alec will know and I will know, having worked in retail and food service when I'm younger, I've probably had, well, the customer's always right, said to me about 25 times. And it was always when they were being an unreasonable you-know-what. Does not give you a license to be rude. 100%. And just going back to your little Pizza Hut story, that just greater shows us that... You can never out pizza the hut. You cannot. You can never out pizza the hut. My my one experience um, I found funny was the customer sometimes just thinks so irrationally. Uh, you know, I used to work at the movie theater, and that was a lot of fun. I love that. Like, part of the perk of working at the movie theater was... In a world. Um, in a world. Mm-hmm. Um, you get two free movies a month. Now, what world do you live in? <laughs> I've never heard a noise like that in a while. 
Uh, two free movies a month, and uh, when you uh, on your breaks, you get a free little popcorn and a drink, which was awesome. But notoriously, we know the prices at the movie theaters are a bit higher than the average consumption. What is it these days? It's like soda and popcorn for 80 cents, right? Oh, imagine. <laughs> I'd have lunch there. But I had a guy one time come up to me, and he got mad about the prices. He goes, those prices are ridiculous, man. I was like, okay. And You're he, ridiculous, man. <laughs> he was like, like $8 for a soda and 10 for a popcorn. And I was like, I'm not disagree. I said, I'm not disagreeing with you. He goes, and what's that all about? Like, why can't you guys bring the prices down? And I was like, I literally said to him, I say, do you think I make that decision? Right? I'm the concessions worker, the usher, whatever. I am, I am so far from making a decision how much this costs. And then at the end, he goes, well, you should say something. To who? To who? The, the owner of the whole thing? I just go to them and say, yeah. I'll just call up Johnny Cineplex there on speed dial. Hey, Johnny, it's uh, Alec from one of your places in oh, Eastern Canada. You've never heard of it. you never Nova heard Scotia. of me. Oh, Johnny yeah, Cineplex. I got a, a very disgruntled customer here. How about we bring the price? What? Free? Oh, okay. Actually, sir, it's now free. It's actually free because Alec called. Him. So we're going to do it, right? Oh, man. That's just, I, I get a big, big kick at it. Well, at a and he knows the like venue. That. Like, we, we hung around at the, uh, the basketball up at Scotiabank Center for, the, for the U Sports Final Eight. You know, we paid $34 for nachos. I don't complain, though, because we are going to a sporting event yeah. where our hands are tied and we have to eat their food. It is what it is. It, it is what it is. Like, know the venue. Pe- so people go to Disney World and, and come back and say, I can't believe it was $11 for a hot dog. What do you think they're going to do? You know, three for one at Disney yeah. World? They're there to take your money. It's a profit generating it, enterprise. It's funny. And people at the rink when the World Juniors were here, any event, any event is at the at the Scotia Bank Center, and people say, "Well, how much do you think they're going to charge for beer? Is it nine bucks? Is it more?" It's like, well, it is what it is. Is my answer because it's not going to change. It's the only option for buying a beer there. So either you buy it or you don't. If it's nine bucks, if eleven bucks, if you don't want a beer, don't buy a beer. You want a beer, buy a beer. He wants a beer, give him a beer. Yeah, I agree. That was a lot. Shut, shut up and get back to your seat. Right? Exactly. Can, can I interrupt for some breaking news? Yes. Text from my wife. Uh oh. Dog had a strange limp. All good was very thorough. This is um, Dr. Jim Gillis, by the way, at Bedford Highway Veterinary Hospital. Shout out Dr. Jim Gillis. Oh, the best, the best vet in HRM. Did not feel anything... We hear the word tuck. Our dog is tucker. Did okay. not feel anything wrong with tuck. Tucker didn't mind the prodding, stretching, etc. They think a soft tissue injury or strain. Huh. Gave me anti-inflammatories in case it comes back and said to come back in about three weeks for an x-ray if it hasn't fully okay. gone. He shouldn't go downstairs by himself. For the next few days. Neither should you. Should be carried until it heals. Well, that's good news, right? I know everybody would be on edge wanting yeah. to update on my old senior dog. I prefer, I do like updates on Tucker. I love there Tucker. And he was in the anyway, studio. That was just a joke. Back to the topic at hand. Um, don't be a dick. Be nice to everyone. And everyone says that you know young people should work in retail yeah. and should work in service because they get used to being yelled at. But uh, no, yeah. just... They wouldn't have to get used to being yelled at if people were just decent. And maybe just once in a while, if they could just take a second and ask, how are you? How are you, Alec? How are you? I'm good. I'm this, doing pretty this good. This is our second topic on Reddit Roundup. Septic, second, septic. Second topic on Reddit Roundup today is, how are you today, is the topic. Courtesy of user Hubley said, um, how are you? Slow day at work. How is your day going? Probably about the most uncontentious Reddit post I've ever seen, but it still managed to generate how many responses? Five million. <laughs> it was a lot. Though. It was hundreds for Reddit, of responses. For Halifax Reddit, it was a lot. Um, I got one from Blue Accent or Accent or Accent. <laughs> 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 Did you take the end away? What did you get left with? Blue Ass. <laughs> Spank uh, it. This guy says, because like, everyone's just answering straight up to, how are you today? 
have have had some overnight French toast soaking in the fridge. About to make some coffee and bake it. <laughs> Got my PSVR two lined up and a massage booked for later. Also on vacation currently. Real good day on my end. Thanks for asking, and I hope your day gets more interesting. Kama Sutra's on the shelf. I love that one. Was <laughs> <laughs> the soaking French toast in the fridge? People That's are, re- you know, this is just an insight into people's lives. And the good thing here was there was there was a mix. You know, this I'm going to read you two here. Seriously, because this one was was heartwarming. Uh, I won't say the username for this one because of the content. They said burned out, anxious, and hungry. Mostly I'm down to one meal a day until payday because I haven't had a raise in almost three years. Currently job hunting, it sucks. Money worries have completely eroded away my mental health this past year. Work is slow, boring, but not difficult at least. Gives me time to put out resumes. And then they got a really nice response, and I will read this one. Um, it was Leanne Loves Halifax. Came back straight underneath minutes later and said this is painful to read our society and government and all of our systems have completely failed you and i'm just sorry to hear this i'd like to help check your messages also what kind of work are you looking for maybe someone who reads this thread knows a guy who knows a guy and i thought that was really nice now we don't know what the the message there was but i'm sure the original poster uh their day was made a little bit better from leanne loves halifax so good on you yeah it's nice to know we have people people like that out there and uh i'm gonna Stick with my uh, the humorous side of this here. We got one from uh, Big Angel Dust Fan from Dartmouth says, Hi, sitting on my porch, absolutely inhaling the last of this roach, scrolling Reddit, about to go to my girlfriend's house, and I'm going to surprise her with chicken nuggets. I'd say I'm pretty good. He got laid that night. Wow, congratulations, <laughs> Big Angel Dust Fan, on getting laid. Unbelievable. Oh, yes. Unbelievable. They both smelled of chicken nuggets in oh, the morning. Not the chicken nuggets. Oh, well, that's 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 funny. So that was, oh, no, no, no. That name of that name was uh, Mr. James Collins 69 made that Oh, post, that yeah. was me. That was me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know... It is good to get these little snapshots into people's lives, isn't it? And we can tell there that he was thrilled that he was going to take his girlfriend chicken nuggets. And I think that's great. And, and just imagine him totally mashed on his porch, typing with one hand, roach in the other. I mean, great. I, I love it. I, 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 that's why I love Reddit. I, there was one I saw from a guy named, I hope I'm not stealing another one of yours. His name was Maximum Rice. So his answer was so simple, but it turned into a hilarious like dad type conversation. So he just said, making ribs. That's all he said. Got 10 likes. Someone hunky dory underscore CA said, smoking them? Then Maximum Rice said, yeah, going three, two, one on my pit boss vertical. Then hunky dory goes, nice. I took out some pork back ribs and beef rib roast, and I'm going to do that up at the end of the week. I got a big green egg, but I was thinking of getting a vertical or barrel smoker as my brother raised pigs four last year. Then I smoked the bacon and such for my family, and I need something with more volume. Maybe I'll get something to fabricate. Maybe I'll get someone to fabricate something. The three to one method is definitely best. What flavor profile in brackets wood chips are you using? I typically do apple hickory combo. Then Maxman Rice sums it up with nice. I wish I had the time patience for a BGE. They do uh, big green egg. Oh, they yeah, do yeah. awesome everything, but this pellet smoker suits me fine. Using a 7525 hickory charcoal blend I made. Love a little charcoal flavor, and I lack the proper yard for a real stick burner setup. Sadly. That got involved very that quick, very escalated involved. fast. That's what I love, though. As Ron Burgundy would tell us. Oh, yeah, actually, the big green egg. So I bought a really nice Weber grill about three or four years ago. So I'm still amortizing the cost of that. You know, the every sausage I take off is still kind of $40 of cost right now. So I, I don't want to buy a big green egg, but I've heard they're amazing. I have heard that, too. I don't... Uh, Super I versatile. Smoking, don't cooking, one. baking. 
making taking. Yeah, I know some some of my friends that have them and their and their dads as well, and uh, they're pretty cool. Uh, maybe something to look into once I'm in a home. But uh, yeah, <laughs> just get one out in your apartment. <laughs> in the apartment. We, we got a little we got a little Napoleon on the on the deck right now, but uh, hopefully in the coming months I will no longer be in an apartment. Uh, that's not for any bad reason. Jen and I, my fiance, are looking at moving into a home. So <laughs> I'll be out of here. I oh, hope we're still together. I'll be oh, my... Wedding planning actually is a time when many couples split up. Um, no, oh. you'll be fine. You guys, you guys are rock solid. I am um, rock solid. You are rock solid, Alec. And Always. This was interesting. You know, the original question is, is how are you? Artie the Smarty said, so how are you? That's none of your goddamn, oh, sorry. I was just <laughs> used to, sorry, I'm well, thanks, you. Slightly surprised no one took this down or dropped something awful in here yet. Must be a slow day for the trolls, too. It's true. I actually didn't see anything really bad, like bad in terms of, I don't know, somehow spinning the topic into something political or something, whatever, which would be hard to do when the question is, how are you today? And all it would take was someone to respond and goes, how dare you ask me how I'm doing today? It's a week. It's a month. It's a year long. It's, it's, it's everything. Nothing happened. Well, when Obama was president and you, thanks Obama. Yeah. You were on uh, YouTube back then. Any single video you could scroll down in the comments, whatever it was about, unrelated to politics, and about, I don't know, 20 comments in, everything descended into a debate about Obama's presidency. And it just goes to show, doesn't it, how we kind of default. And this didn't. So so good on that. I love seeing positive stuff because Reddit, I've always said, is hilarious, but is a cesspool of just the worst of everything in humanity. You never know what you're going to see. And um, all these false claims about, you know, if people own buildings and how much they pay in rent. So good to see that. I'm going to plant a post um, this week at some point. Like a fence post? Yes, in the ground. Okay, no, good for you. Uh, I'm gonna <laughs> good for you. Well done, man. You're coming along a long way. No, I'm gonna post um, a post on Reddit, um, like from my account. My account name is Crafty Steak, so look out for Crafty Steak, and uh, we'll feature it on the next uh, episode of the podcast. Probably would taste better on a big green egg, wouldn't it? Mm, that Crafty BGE, Steak. BGE, BGE. Yes, sir. Okay, well, thanks Reddit for uh, for being Reddit. Thank you. Always unpredictable and and uh, mostly useless, but produces at least. You know, we can get one or two useful threads from the craziness of Halifax every month. We get content for the podcast. And this is lazy content because we just let everybody else do the work. Exactly. We're just reading it and giving our very honest and brief opinions on it. Uh, but we love the Reddit Roundup. It was one of our, one of the, so with Insane as the Crane, um, Reddit Roundup was another one of the first segments we decided on. And it was a bit of a no-brainer. Um, and let's put some teasing here. Will they be back next month? We don't know yet. We don't know. We have not sat down to decide if we will be continuing Insane as the Crane or Reddit Roundup. Everything. Or new, I yeah. think New Kids is gone. Would you say when New Kids uh, is gone? Unfortunately, New Kids, I think, is on the chopping block. It was a great segment to start things out. Um, however, I think, you know, there's there's other guys out there that are that are doing a great job of showcasing new businesses as, as, as a regu- on a regular basis, and it's what they do. And So just like New Kids, we won't hear from them anymore. We won't hear. Hey, oh, you know? wow. And uh, yeah, so... But I'd say everything is on the table. Everything's off the table. We don't know what next season is going to bring. Uh, not going to be a big break between next season. Like next season will be the next month's episode. We're just going to keep going. See you in 2026. <laughs> Imagine. We're just going to keep going. Um, but like, like James said, we haven't sat down, had that drink yet, and discussed drinks uh, what will be part of the next season. Uh, we're excited. We definitely have a couple ideas. And like he said before, like James said, was might get a little mobile and um, it's it's kind of nice. Season two is hitting hitting right around while the weather's starting to get a little warmer, so it's more enticing to maybe go outside and check out some events and uh, 
really hear from the people of Halifax. As we hear from them, we, we read what they have to say online. We don't know who it is. It's behind a computer. We talk about news stories. We have guests on. But uh, it might be fun just to kind of hear from the public right, right then and there, raw. So if you see two attractive, tall, professionally well-dressed guys coming towards you with a microphone on the Halifax waterfront, it that's, is not us. It's not us. That's, it is uh, another that's, podcast. It's not us. That's Matt Houston and Donald Tabor coming at you. That's it, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Competitors, but brothers too. Oh, yeah, good guys. Good, good guys. guys, good guys. Whatever you think about or you hear about the commercial real estate industry, we're all achieving, trying to achieve the same goal, yep. which is getting the best deal for our clients. We we get along well with our competitors. We do, right? Because in the end, you know... No matter... Would I jump in the harbor on a warm day after them? No. No, no. On a warm day, not on a cold day. And, uh, you know, would I... But we have a good, good, good fun, you know, outside of work. Uh, work hours and, and, and within, I mean, the best part about commercial real estate I find is the satisfaction for the clients, both, both sides, um, getting a deal done and, you know, locking in a tenant or, or, lo- or locking down a, a property, a, a sale, whatever it may be. And, uh, we work with a lot of different agents in, in the industry and we become friends with them because of it. And it's, it, you look forward to working with some and you, you know, others are a bit, you know, they're, they're, they're hard, they're hard, to, harder to deal with, but it's because they work hard for their clients. And they fight for their clients. So everybody, as long as they're nice to service staff, uh, hey, exactly. Let's see what they're like in a movie theater, and then we'll really judge their character. Yeah. Anyway, season one, Alec. Congrats, wow. my friend. That was that was a good first shake season. Your hand. Shake I your got hand. a very sweaty hand here. That's okay. There we go. We're actually doing that a handshake a right now. It's <laughs> a sweaty hand. I just handed you a trout, basically. <laughs> Anyway, we will be back with season two. Thank you to our guests today and uh, everyone for tuning in. And let's see what season two brings. We don't know as as of the recording date today. Uh, yeah. We do not know what we'll be coming back with. Yeah. So We'll figure it out soon. Any ideas, questions, comments, concerns, tips, Podcast at gmail.com, Alec Cranston or James Collins on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm also on Twitter. You can find us anywhere. Or Crafty you can find Steaks us on Reddit. Crafty Steaks on Reddit. Or you can just take a walk downtown and we'll probably be hanging around the Queen's Mark where we work. Yeah, you see a guy with a guitar singing in a very high-pitched falsetto voice with a flat cap. That's Alec. You found me. You found me. And if you... (laughs) I'll stop it there. Thank you, everybody, for a great first season. Looking forward to the next season. James, it's been a pleasure. Let's keep this thing rolling. Peace out. (laughs) 